from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Washingtonians are unhappy with the lack of affordable housing. I thought that everybody would be fine paying 50% of their income <laughs> to live. I thought that was the case. Color me surprised at this news. There is an opinion piece in the New York Times that says that the majority of Americans feel as if the economy is rigged. Rigged, they say, Mr. O'Neill, against them. They are saying that the rich keep on getting richer while the poor keep on getting poorer. Yep, common belief by a lot of folks. Spoiler alert. That's totally true. That's right. You live in a casino that's run by geriatrics who basically bet on your life and your well-being so that their share prices go up or down. This is why, Mr. O'Neill, that whenever we talk about things like, uh, what's the story? This is where we're going to get to the, uh, the, the, the proposal to limit rent hikes. Yeah, 7% cap. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, and the, here's so you're against small business, Jack. That's just tell me you're against the small business owner. <laughs> exactly my right. point. No, so the issue that we have in the United States is that, and it, this is, a, I will unfortunately have to do the both sides argument here. Okay. Because the vast majority of politicians at the local level, at the state level, at the national level, often have to kowtow or capitulate to the demands of big donors or the interests mm-hmm. of big business. Uh-huh. Because they don't want to lose that business because they know it's bad for their district or whatever it might be. Yeah. Ostensibly speaking. Yeah, that's that's based in the reality of, of putting people to work. Right. And so what happens all too often, though, is the people who bear the brunt of uh, this concept that we have in the United States of trickle-down economics is that poor people don't see any of that. They don't see any of that trickle-down effect, right? Now, when I have to look at people making... $25 an hour, whatever it is, when they have to live in a very expensive city, I understand all the talking points that people make. They say, well, you should move, or they say, well, you should get a better job, or whatever it is. Right. I don't think that people realize that the upward mobility in the United States, that there are so many blocks to that, right? There are so many things that prevent you from pursuing, whether it's time or commitments or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. that we have effectively developed a system in the United States which unintentionally in our fun little neoliberal system that we've developed, okay. it's that you will basically make nothing and you will be happy to live in this country because it could be worse because it could, could be worse, be for, you. worse yep. for you. So when I so when I read this piece, this opinion piece, I was thinking, yeah, I don't think, you know, sure, the economy is doing really well when it when it comes to the numbers. You see that Joe Biden's economy is doing record stock days in the in the stock market. Record stock right? days. We still lead the globe in pandemic economic recovery, right. From the other developed economies of the world. But when people do this thing, when they look at that, and then they look at their bank account, and then they look at their four hundred one k or whatever it is, and the math doesn't add up, and they wonder why. Often people, you might throw around the phrase Bidenomics, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, that's a little myopic. That's a little short-sighted because, again, we have to look at inflation. Really, we have to go all the way back to Ronald Reagan, but that's besides the point. I don't think that people are wrong to say that something is wrong in the United States when it comes to the distribution of wealth. But what I would say is if your game plan is to vote for Donald Trump or your game plan is to vote for Joe Biden – that's not really going to solve the issue, right? This is a capitalism problem. This That's is a business problem. Very well put. And, and I keep hearing lots of voters of all stripes. Um, we're talking about minority groups. We're talking about elderly. We're talking about the, the, the younger It could be voter. white people, dude. It could be anybody. Yeah. I'm not making any. No, no, no. I'm not not all, but they're all, they're all romanticizing the economies of 2017, 2018. 
My dollar went further. I was everything wasn't so tight. Everything wasn't so expensive. Yeah, but the the reason that this is always so frustrating. Like I understand people make those talking points. They go, "Oh, wasn't the Trump economy so great?" I, we tried to talk about it with that guy Mike when he came on. Yeah, but he was so nervous that he just he was so chatty that he wasn't listening. So when I try to explain to people like, "Well, why did your money go so much further in 2017, 2018, 2019?" Two things. One. Trump benefited tremendously from the economic plans that Obama had put in place during uh, uh, his yep, eight yep, years. Yep. And then on top of that, Trump decided that he was going to borrow an incredible amount of money and basically do a jobs program in the United States. And when you when you do that, you can artificially inflate the economy. Does that make sense? Like you, Absolutely. You can, you can artificially. So it seems as if things are going really great. But Trump didn't renew any of and this gets really into like microeconomic garbage but he didn't renew any of the contracts from these tertiary markets for distribution so when covid came around and the bottom fell out now we say it's a supply chain issue but in actuality it's this like deep deep economic system that nobody really fully understands that's about the size of the point. Yeah, the point is you've made me smarter but i still feel bad about I, the economy. I, exactly i still all, feel bad about all, the economy it's all about emotion with people right and so the the way that you fix this right with this opinion piece about oh well americans feel like it's rigged against them the, the people who own businesses have to make the decision to say, I'm okay with my business getting less profit so I can pay people more. I always cite this one guy in, I think he was in Maine or New Hampshire. He owns a pillow company. Did I tell you about this? The guy who also makes sheets, slippers, that Mike, Mike, <laughs> that pillow guy? Mike Pillow. Mike, not no. different guy? So this guy, he he gives the pillows and blankets to the all the five-star hotels. Okay, I know, I know the guy you're talking about. And yep. so he, he makes goose-down pillows. Laura, yep. are you a goose-down pillow kind of person? No, they make me sneeze. Okay, well, you're fired. So this guy makes Sorry. these really high-end pillows and he has a company that has a it's like a 12 to to 15 15 million dollar a year company every single year he has foregone a decent amount of his ceo's salary right. so that the people who work for him can have 401k so they can have a livable wage which right. comes out to about 50 dollars an hour um they have college plans for their kids right. everybody wants to work for this company and all he had to sacrifice was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of his own yearly salary. Right. This is a, it's pretty simple math. It's not a government problem, it's a business problem. And unfortunately, when people run to the state to fix it for them, whether it's Trump or Biden or Newsom or whoever it might be, you're going to be disappointed because they don't want to play ball, right? Both sides are beholden to the same donor class. Exactly. That's causing the problem. It doesn't have to be like a small guy like a, the guy in Maine or Mass who's making pillows. Look at Costco. The, the, Costco is a great example. Costco of that. CEO pays a great wage, invests in his employees. Like you said, there's savings plans, there's education plans, sure. there's upper mobility through the company plans at Costco, and they're doing just fine. Right. Or even you could even take a company like Apple as an example, where they do tuition reimbursement right. or whatever it might be. Like I just think that when people feel as if the the economy is rigged against them, one, it is unfortunately, from companies that you probably would never be able to recognize on the Dow. Do you know what I mean? Like right. you would never, like, what do they do? And all of a sudden you find out they're just hedge fund managers, right? right. Or they're, right. they're stock. You basically, our lives are being controlled by people who look at social security numbers on a line of paper and are like, well, these people will be at this income bracket and these people will be at this income bracket. And that's the way that our fun little neoliberal system will work. Right. When in actuality, like, I think the entire system is going to fail shortly 
and then they'll, you'll have your socialist revolution, and that'll be the end of you that. You can only beat a mule so long until it drops over dead in the field. Right. I mean, we're going to we're gonna have Heather Bosch on in a couple of few to talk about what's going on with the whole DoorDash delivery debacle. Right. We may be an example for the entire nation and industry. But before we get to all of that, Kate Stone is in the studio because Mayor Harrell gave the State of the City address yesterday. I thought that he was going to go up there and he was going to talk about all the terrible, awful things that are going on, Kate Stone. I thought he was going to be totally transparent and honest with everybody. I'm not sure to what you are referring. I thought that he was going to go up the, the speech that he gave about the, the, oh, the state right. of the city. No, the, Wasn't the, the, ter- the terrible, awful things? Yeah, like the encampment that's behind my very expensive apartment or the potholes or it's like... ringing a bell. No. He did bathroom, mention potholes. Did he? Potholes okay. were in there. Okay, yes. like all the drug addicts that I saw on Capitol Hill like two weeks ago, I thought maybe he Didn't would... Come up? Didn't, didn't come up? No, nope, that one didn't. <laughs> okay. Now, if you were to ask, what is the state of the city, what what adjectives would come to mind here? Bad. I, <laughs> I will tell you the one that uh, Mayor Harrell used is, is not one that I've heard used before. Sassy. The state of our city, if one was to ask us, I would describe it as being persistent, um, hmm. pioneering. An interesting, an interesting take. Persistent. persistent can I add pioneering. a can I add a little comment? That is a sure. bad take. That is objectively a persistent. That is a bad take. That is not optically. That's bad. That's garbage. You look right in a license plate though. Seattle, the city that wouldn't go away. Right. <laughs> I mean, so you can't kill us. Persistence is for uh, you know Lance Armstrong, right? Persistence is for people who have overcome cancer, and you know what I mean. That's. Oh. It's probably not a great example, I, Lance yeah, Armstrong. I, yeah. <laughs> well, let's forget about the steroids for like two seconds, just from a branding perspective, right? Is that persistence is something that we say for like, you know, ki- kids at children's hospital. They're persisting. Yeah. The witness for Elizabeth a, Warren was uh, sanctioned on the Senate floor. Nevertheless, she persisted yeah, by Mitch McConnell. That see, was a bad thing, though. Right. Yeah. So, but this is the thing: is that persistence is a is an adjective that is designed for people. Survive right now. I feel like Seattle's kind of like it's a it's there's two cities, right? There's okay. two cities that are going on. One of them is growing, and there's a lot of money in that city. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that city is literally hell on earth, where people are dying on Broadway. From fentanyl overdoses, right? Okay. Well, and it's interesting you say that because fentanyl was actually one of the topics that was addressed. And Harold, it's his second year as mayor. He highlighted some of the things in 2023. He did talk about the fentanyl crisis, the $27 million investment going towards facilities and treatment purposes, Seattle fires post-overdose response team that launched. He also said SPD seized over 2 million fentanyl pills last year. And he also addressed crime. Overall crime that dropped 7%. It, it was a bit persistent. Yes, that's a good word. Property crime dipped 10%, but homicides and violent crime, unfortunately, uh, well, major violent crime was down 6%, but homicides were up. Homicides and the damage inflicted from gun violence have increased. We have to change this. So gun violence not going great, but this- uh, wait, it's really quick. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's all right. It's your show. We don't have to fix it. You, that's your job, right? That's well, not you a. You should not murder people. Right. That is your contribution. <laughs> right. See, but, we're all in this together. Right. But this is my problem with with, with whatever government. Every time this comes up, we talked about this yesterday, right? What I can do, what's my problem is can I go volunteer? Can I donate money? Can I donate resources? That's a me thing. Okay. A you thing is more cops, 
more uh, beat cops out there yeah, driving around. Yeah. You know that it's not a we. Well, thing. maybe the mayor speaking of we as he feels the royal we. He's, we he's are out, one he's, Seattle. He's yes. out there with the, the man in blue, and we're still waiting blue, on that you know? one Seattle plan, the comprehensive plan the city council is supposed to use for the next decade to sort of plan out the growth of Seattle. It was supposed to come last April. It is now. We're still waiting on it. But, yeah, the Seattle police recruitment efforts that have stuck, stepped up significantly, according to the mayor. We are urgently recruiting more police officers who share our values. Our monthly applications are the highest they've ever been in three years. He says there's about an average of 200 per month. It's not clear if those are all qualified applicants, though, or if they're people like me. Who I submitted would be like 12 a very bad right. Seattle police officer. Now, I just Seattle keep putting police, in applications. I just keep. I, right. Exactly. I Kate, you'd be a great police officer. Ooh, Don't yeah. say no, yourself no, short. no. Sure you I will. would not trust me to protect me. I, I have applied as Scrooge McDuck. As. Uh, <laughs> McGruff, the crime dog. I mean, we've talked about it on this show before. Seattle police still losing officers year over year. Lowest staffing level since the early 90s. They've also had a lot of high profile incidents. The defund the police movement. SPD lost hundreds of officers from that. That was the old city council, though. But even just in the last couple of years, the use of excessive force during the 2020 protests for Black Lives Matter. The uh, multiple lawsuits alleging racism and sexism against the department right now. It's been a difficult path trying to recruit more people. And then at the very end of the speech, there was also the looming money problem, the budget deficit, which is expected to be upwards of $250 million every year starting next year for the next six years. And here's where it got a little tricky is Mayor Harrell didn't say the word spending cuts, but he said, and I quote, the size of this deficit means we will have to make difficult financial decisions ahead. The equivalence of that is when you ask your mom if you can go to McDonald's and then she goes, we have ground beef at home. Right. Do I'll you- make you a Big Mac. Two <laughs> slices of white bread. But here's the kicker. Still breaks my heart. He said no new taxes. Right. Now you may remember that former city council member, now King County Council member, Teresa Mosqueda headed up a task force where they were charged with coming up with a solution for this budget deficit. They came up with several ideas, none of which they officially endorsed as actual ideas, and then proceeded to not actually do anything with it. So Harrell has said no new taxes, no new revenue generated. So the only logical conclusion from that is services are going to get cut because you can't you can't just swallow $230 million of Budget shortfalls. He didn't, did he mention anything about, or have you heard anything about borrowing money for or getting money from the feds? Because this uh, is often what local municipalities do: is they go to the feds and they say, "Can we get a payout on so on and so forth to pay for these services?" I mean, who knows who's going to be in charge of the federal government next year? Ah, that's right. It could be Project Twenty Five. We also and we could be living in a fascist state. We also have a nine-year, almost one billion dollar transportation levy that funds almost a third of the city's transportation projects that expires in December Mm -hmm. as well. So Seattle voters are going to be asked to renew that in order to pay for This is where the potholes come in. Mm -hmm. Potholes, road fixes, Mm. bridget fixes. What did not really get a lot of time in the address was public transit, cyclist, pedestrian. Harold said there would be a dialogue on that, but no real advancements in that particular area. It seems to be very car focused if that levy is renewed, at least at this time. Did he mention my name? Because he's not returning my phone calls. You know, not emails. specifically. Okay. Not specific. I think this was sort of a love letter to you. 
in a way. Right, when he says persistent, he's per, saying Jack Stein. Right. right. Here's, my, here's my thing. When he uh, says don't murder people, that's Jack Stein. Right. You specifically. I, I would love to talk to the mayor. Unfortunately, I think he's a very nice guy. However, every media, it, the, every media interaction I've ever seen him do, he layers on the politician thing so thick that it's like, can I can I speak to Bruce? Do you know what I mean? I almost feel yeah. like I'm I'm talking to a psychotic. Do you know what I mean? Because Bruce in there is hey is Bruce in there? Yeah. Can he come out? Because I understand like, we don't have to be campaigning all the time. I think um, obviously cops has got to be the biggest issue. That he's dealing with getting more cops. Yeah. That that is yes, right. probably the highlight issue. The Seattle City Council has also made that a priority. I, I, I like the news that we've got record numbers of applications. That means they're getting them. The messaging is getting out. The marketing is working. Yeah, but we get a lot of applications here at Cairo Radio Spike, and I've a lot seen of those, some of the people toured through and they, sent right to the back they door. They get put right. I to don't the, know how I snuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Dude, yeah, you're worthy. Thank it was you, your persistence. Kate Stone. I actually started by fixing the hot chocolate machine, and I just worked my way from there. Hearts and minds. Yeah. Always appreciate your A-plus reporting, Kate Stone. You can read this right up over at My Northwest. Mr. Sunshine coming on a couple of few because there is this new, uh, there's Trump news. And as we all know, Billy has very thought out, nuanced, and careful, delicate. Yeah, a thoughtful, careful, reserved. (laughs) Yeah. Dialogue around former President Donald Trump. I've never heard him once blow up about it. I've never heard him once uh, interrupt anybody ad nauseum. Fuse is the word that came to my mind, too. Short fuse. Short fuse, that Mr. Sunshine. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. Western, West Coast, liberal, elite correspondent, Mr. Billy Sunshine, coming in with a very measured and responsible take about former President Donald Trump's new immigration policy that he's been throwing around. How are you, Mr. Sunshine? Are you well this morning? You know, you're being very flip when you talk about Donald Trump, who is America's Navalny. How can you speak about him in those ways? Did that blow you away, too? That, yeah, so oh. just so people know for reference, Donald Trump yesterday referred to himself as America's Navalny. He said he was being treated like Alexander Navalny, who was uh, Putin's main political opponent, who was murdered uh, last yeah. week. What's looking in a prison. And so Donald Trump decided to take the memory of that man who was actually fighting for democracy and he decided to sully it by pairing it with his own name, being that he attempted to steal democracy from the American people. Now, what bu- what bugs me about this, Billy, is that um, this is a Stephen Miller. I don't think a lot of people know oh. how much of a fascist Stephen Miller is. Stephen Miller is a he enjoys fascist ideology. I don't say that as a pejorative. I mean, that literally mm-hmm. Stephen Miller is not a fan of democracies. He thinks they're garbage. And he believes wholeheartedly in a fascist state, which is why he has, you know, the Trump saying America first is Stephen Miller. Did you know that? I, I did know that because right. the man infuriates me beyond belief. America first in the 1920s was a neo-fascist movement in the United States, which was attempting to bring fascism or the fascist doctrine into the United in States. The form of, in the form of Christian nationalism. Yeah, yeah. So Stephen really Miller disgusting. So Stephen Miller co-opted that phrase from that group that was disbanded in the 30s, I think. And so he then yeah. Trump then adopted it because Trump doesn't read. 
So that's why Trump says America first, not realizing that when he says that, that's what they used to say at those fascist rallies back in the 1920s. And don't forget that when you bought a Klan commemorative coin back then, that was on the flip side. You're right, exactly. And I often give the former president grief for not taking the advice of advisors. In this case, he actually is listening to Stephen Miller. He's listening to Stephen Miller. So he wants to build mass deportation camps, which will be which will be just wrought with human rights violations. And he's, you know, before let me interrupt you. And before we even get started with the mass uh, camps, don't you think? Would you agree with me that Stephen Miller and Donald Trump both belong in the court in the Hague for crimes against humanity? I would like to remind you that Donald Trump separated children from parents with no attempt to doing the proper paperwork. Wait. I consider this one of the major crimes anyone has ever committed in this world. Over a thousand children are still without their parents. Well, eh, why has no one the, brought Billy, this man? Billy, this is a little bit of fake news. Right. This is a little bit of true news and a little bit of fake news. Yeah. How so? No. How so? Okay, so out of the children, out of the children who are who either came across the border without their parents or who were separated from their parents, five the DOH found five hundred and fifty two sets of those parents. Most of them were in Honduras or El Salvador, and the parents said, "Don't send them back." So when you say they couldn't find them, part of that is that those parents gave up their rights to those children, which is how they ended up in the foster care system in the United States. True, but a part of those, a part of that number also that Billy's referencing is people that were separated from parents because they didn't want it, by Janet Reno's initial rulings, you can't keep kids with adults. Right, exactly. So exactly. Credit where credit is due on that one. Right. But a large number of these these kids were put into the system, and paperwork wasn't kept. They didn't do due diligence to keep yes, track of yeah. separated families. But then also, so you both got a little but bit of then, truth but then here. you you have to give Trump's uh, the uh, the Department of Homeland Security, excuse me, the DHS. You have to give them credit for tracking down those 550 people over the course of that four years because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of effort and a lot of time. And they found those people and they said, "Don't send me my kids. I won't take them." And so that you that's, know, but my point, of course, is that Donald Trump shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the presidency or any other important I, you know if they couldn't even put paperwork together to try to attempt to know who's whose parents I, and, I don't and, understand it so uh what billy was referencing is that there was uh, billy please don't repeat it again but there was an operation there was an operation that was uh, in the eisenhower era it, it which was a, a, basically right. a derogatory slur that some people can't say on air <laughs> right. and all of us can agree shouldn't and yeah. all of us probably we're working shouldn't. to be better people and so the that basically was a mass deportation program in which they put people into camps and that was found to be illegal and so now donald trump is saying that he wants to do the same thing and i know that there are lots of people out there who are upset about immigration i am as well it's a big issue in the united states however what you when you have internment camps and when you put people in there that system didn't work in the 1950s. It didn't nope. work in the 1940s, and right it's on. not going to work in 2024. So, as as fun and as that sounds, we saw what the Nazis did with we saw what the Nazis did with their camps. I don't trust Trump to behave any better. Sure, you know, I mean, I I don't I wouldn't make that comparison, Billy. I think that might be a little bit. Uh, I would a little hyperbolic. That's a little yeah. hyperbolic, yeah. buddy. But poisoning I, the blood, poisoning the blood yeah. is a quote right out of his mouth. Yes, it right is. Right out of Hitler's mouth. Yes. What's the difference? 
Well, I it, I think that Trump understands that he would be to a greater or lesser degree, you know, what's that phrase, criminally liable if he tried to institute a Nazi program like that. But again, he's Rich not. Hunt. Rich Hunt. But he so he's not going to be able to do the deportation camps because one, there's no way that he he can't sign off on that because it would have to go through Congress and he'd have to get it through Congress, get it through the Senate. And use the military. He used the military as he did last time when Congress wouldn't give him the money for his wall and other so, things. So what, he would initiate martial law and then go around and then he would try to he would try to have to get ICE to give him all of their data. And then he would also have to co-opt local law. This is just all kinds of, of constitutional violations, Billy. I just don't I think it's him yeah, just like saying the Muslim it. Band. Similar to the Muslim ban, Jack, give him no credit for going as low as possible. The Muslim, that, I mean, Billy, that plan was an Obama-era plan that Obama didn't use because it was unconstitutional, and then Trump took it, and he tweaked it a little bit, and then he decided to use it, and then he got a lot of backlash for it, which is why it went away after eight months. You know, the, the, we, there's a phrase we like to use around here, and it applies to this. Yeah. It's bad governance, it's good politics. Yeah, that's true. You know, because, I mean, for all your, yeah, all, yeah. Your, all your points, yeah. Billy, about, you know, riling people up and ba- a, a, a campaign of fear... Of the America, you're losing your country. You don't. You won't have a country if you don't have all these things. These are what works with voters. I mean, immigration is now the number one issue with Republican voters in America. I'm having deja vu right now so strongly because there was at what point in time I had to dump Billy. I think it was like eight years ago or something like that. I had to dump Billy. <laughs> and now I'm having this. <laughs> Same. It's still fresh in your heart. Right? Still, the pain is still fresh. I'm now having like flashbacks of me having to do this like eight years ago and saying to myself, I'll never work with him again. And now here I am again, Billy. Look how you wormed your way into my heart. How could you have done this to me, Mr. Sunshine? Don't expect me to behave. Okay. I never do, Billy, <laughs> which is why we have the dump button on all the every, time. Every station every has Every station one. has one in the studio. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Sunshine. Shall you be with us on Friday as well, my friend? I believe so. Hopefully the next time we won't have to use the dump button, right? (laughs) Don't change, buddy. Love you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Sunshine. We appreciate it, sir. When we get back, locally, former employee was accused of stealing $40,000 worth of cards. Cards? Now, you don't understand this world like how I understand it, Spike, but there's a world out there where uh, young men who are desperate for attention and love and compassion take all of that and they dump it into little cards with magical spells on them and we'll talk about it <laughs> and there's there's that kind of money in the game somebody oh, 40,000 bucks we're talking about millions wow we are talking about millions when it comes to this game we'll be right back right after this oh that's right our youtube channel do we have content up, Laura, from yesterday? We worked so hard on all that great digital content. Uh, not yet. <laughs> I have to yet. Where is Benjamin? Is he out there editing? He's out there. I see him. He's looking up now. Looks like he's eating. He's listening, too. Hi, ben. He's, he's out there. <laughs> Looks like he's got... Yeah, because Bill always has the radio on. He's, he's, he's got a snack going on out there. He's snacking. I'm looking at him through the glass right now. <laughs> are you editing or are you snacking? He's, he pretends like he can't hear right. me. Oh, that's a telltale look. He's trying to swallow yeah, without swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> so Fair enough. You can go to the Jack and Spike show on YouTube and you can see our digital exclusive content we post every single day. Dump buttons are fun, right? When sure. somebody says something on there. So we're on a delay. I think, it, Andrew, what is it, like a 15-second delay? Seven second delay. How much of a delay? Well, we, have, we have two charges. Each are four seconds long. Oh, okay. only four? 
Well, a total of eight, but oh, two, okay. char- two charges right. of four seconds makes a total of eight seconds. There's your math lesson for the day. Hey, thank you so much, Andrew. That's why you're the most important guy in the building. So we have jump buttons just in case anything goes wrong. Sometimes we got to use those buttons. I wish I had one of those in life, like earlier today when mm. I went down to Grand Central Bakery. So I told you guys this story, but I'll tell it again. So I went to Grand Central Bakery to get Laura a loaf of bread because I have compassion in my body for some strange and odd reason. And so I offer to buy other people things because I'm emotionally codependent on their well-being. So I go down there and I'm supposed to get a Como loaf is mm-hmm. what I is what Laura sent me down. Is it called a Como loaf? Right. I go down there. I say, may I have a Como loaf, please? And he goes, yeah, which one? And I go, the Como loaf. Now, I thought that he meant as in like, what loaf of bread do you want, but he actually meant which one do you want out of the entire bundle. Because there's a whole a, a selection right, like of Right, like a butcher yeah. saying, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. which cut of meat do you want, right, right? Right, So then he just grabs it for me, and then I realized what he was trying to say, and I wish I could have dumped that, right? Just dumped it, nobody heard it, we can all move on. <laughs> and, then, and then he says, uh, would you like it sliced? And I looked at him with a straight face, and I said, no, I need it sliced. And I thought to myself, I should listen more, and I need a dump button. I wish I could have dumped that as well. <laughs> so sorry for inflicting this trauma this is, on It was you, so bad. It was so bad. And <laughs> I'll then, buy my own bread. I don't <laughs> so know. Sorry. What, I don't know what was going on in my mind. It was like one after the other. Because then when I went to go get my chai tea, which is why I originally went there, I say, "Can I get a chai tea?" And he goes, "Do you want milk or milk alternative?" And I and I've never heard the phrase "milk alternative" used mm-hmm. before. So okay. I was like. I th- what is this milk alter? Are you t- is this like from is like that like goop from the Matrix? Uh, like oat or almond? Right, that's what yeah, he says. Yeah. And then I go, hemp is available. <laughs> Seriously, hemp milk's available. And so then I go, oat milk, eh, please. Nice. And I sh- but the thing is, is whenever I'm in those circumstances, I wish I had a, a live dump button or a live rewind yeah. button. Yeah, but wouldn't it be great? Or I could just fix that because now I can never go back to Grand Central Bakery again because I've embarrassed myself. Oh so no, 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 no! They, you're fine. Come on, they, they, they understand people. Were you looking at your phone when you were having the order? Was that the distraction? No. You know what it was? Okay, this is what it was. I wait. I'm there. There's a guy at the counter, and he's serving somebody else. And as he's serving this young lady, there he's flirting with her. I'm just going to say it. Okay. He's chatting her up. Where do you work? Oh, you look. You work over at the bio labs over yeah. there? I'm into science. I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Science of love. <laughs> Chemistry. <laughs> And so he's chatting her up, yeah. and I'm and I'm standing there patiently, and I'm thinking to myself, "Guy, I need to order." And you are chatting up, Mrs. Doctor. You're chatting Future up, Mrs. You're, uh, barista. Right. You're yeah. you're chatting up, Mrs. PhD over here, while she's <laughs> talking about neurons or whatever. And you're mixing a, a you're you're taking longer to steam the milk because you want to keep this going for as long as you can. Mm. So I'm getting progressively more irritated because it's not as if the, I'm not on the opposite side of the store. He's four feet away from me. Mm. I'm making passive aggressive eye contact at him because I'm like, hey, guy, there are other people here that are in need of your services other than little Miss uh, PhD thesis over there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, like I'm just saying, guy. See these sad browns over here? You could be flirting with these right now. You could be chatting this up right now. And instead you're talking to Miss Scrubs over here. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get her quad shot espresso all lined up. When I'm saying to my... You know what I mean? So those kinds of things are... They slowly build up over time. And then when the other guy comes up to me to help me, I'm still... In, you're, still you're still fighting the fight back I'm there. Still, yeah, I'm still yeah. locked in yeah. with... with, with you know, Don Juan Capistrano over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so you're trying to do it, trying to do a cerebral cu customer service lesson to well, this guy without words. Here's the, do. It, there was a, a, a day in time in history where this would not be the case, right? Where people had higher. And I love Grand Central Bakery. I think it's great. Yeah. But there's a certain point in time back in the day, he would have turned to me and he would have gone, oh, just give me a sec, bro. And then I'll help you. And I would yeah. have gone. You got it, brother. Right. I'll I'll take all the time in the right. world. Acknowledgement and courtesy. Sure. Give another. Give me the bro code, and I shall give you the bro code. If you take the bro code away from me, I'm now mad. Right. Yeah. All right. We'll take a really quick break. We didn't talk about magic cards, but we'll talk about that later. Justice Samuel Alito has renewed criticism of the landmark ruling on same-sex marriage, and his argument is so bad that I I thought it was fake. I thought it was a troll. I thought it was a, a meme. Really? I didn't think. But then it was actually printed in the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Oh, thought, no, he meant it. Oh, he meant it. Yeah. And you're going to want to hear this argument because it's the worst argument. Even if you're against gay marriage, you would say that's a bad argument. Donald Trump again compares his criminal indictments to the imprisonment of uh, Putin's top Navalny, rival. Yeah. Deeply cringe. And Wall Street's already placing bets on the Biden-Trump rematch. I say Biden takes it in the first round. Trump takes a fall. That's what I say for the money. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this.